Broadcasting from high above the reserve, this is Radio Harambe. Jumbo, everyone, and thank you, as always, for tuning in to Radio Harambe. I'm Dave McBride, broadcasting from the Radio Harambe studios. Joining me in studio, Safari Mike. Mike, how are you? Hakuna Matata, Dave. Oh, he's in the spirit already. <laughs> as we told you last time, we're doing some Lion King stuff here. Uh, and uh, today, we're actually going to talk about um, the history of the Lion King's influence or involvement into the theme parks. Um and we're going to get into that in just a second. Uh, we ask you all the time to rate and review us. Uh, and whenever we get a new review now, I'm going to try my best to read them on the air. Remember to do it. Um, the latest one, five-star reviews. And as I've told you many times, five stars only. First of all, I don't know why you would do less. If you're, not re- if you're going to review us less than like four stars, then just don't listen. Yeah, the one stars. You know what I mean? Just don't listen. <laughs> What's the purpose? You don't do us any good or any harm by reviewing us low. People are still going to listen. It's not that. The review still works to help us get out, whether it's good or bad. It still helps us get the word out. Right. Go to iTunes, rate, review us. This one came from, I think his name is Pikeroth or Pikeroth. P-I-K-A-R-O-T-H. I'm sure it's an uh, analogy of what have you. Uh, I may not. Oh, I love this, Mike. This is my kind of guy or girl, whoever it might be. Mm-hmm. This is my kind of listener. I may not always agree with them, but 99% of the times I do. And they are clearly, clearly in all caps. Well, wait a minute. What does that mean? Because we don't agree Just keep 99% listening. of the time. All right. They are clearly not people infused with ridiculous pixie dust, <laughs> but they still love Disney. I found them through another excellent podcast site. Uh, They found us through Gluten-Free and Dairy-Free at WDW. Oh, sure, Sarah. And I've never looked back. I wish that I could personally thank them for their 100% honesty, which you just did, my friend. And I hope they never change, which we never will. One of the best Disney podcasts, and you'll always get true thoughts and opinions here about Disney's Animal Kingdom and Disney in general. Uh, Thank you very much for that review. Uh, That is what we aim for here. Uh, I will say... To the review. Thank you for that review. Yeah. And also uh, the gluten free, dairy free uh, website. I don't know if she still does a podcast. She did for a while. I'm not sure if she still does. But the website, if you are gluten free, dairy free, have any type of allergies, go to that website. It's it's fantastic for that kind of stuff. I mean, it's. You know, it's a it's the, the source for that kind of information. There's a couple more from from more recently. I know I haven't read because I just flipped through them here. All right, I haven't read them. Robert M E M. I enjoy listening to your show and hope you incorporate the theme music in the background. I, yeah, I, everybody always asks me. That's a if I get one question more than anything else. What? It's the music in the background. What about it? Who is it? What song is this? What do you have there? Uh, I get it all. Well, you do those music shows. You got to do another one. I've done one. I'm due for another one. Yep. Uh, Disney Map 
Mike and Dave, thank you guys for doing the podcast. It always makes my day whenever I get a notification that you upload a new episode. Animal Kingdom has been my favorite park since I was little, so I can relate to you when you say the only reason everyone all of a sudden loves Animal Kingdom is because of the blue people. Thank you for telling it like it is and not (laughs) drinking the Kool-Aid, so to speak. Also, Bob Iger needs to get out of there. Here, here. Uh, Somebody needs to tell him that putting IPs throughout the park ruins the authenticity of the theme. Also... Chitis says before listening to Radio Harambe, I loved Animal Kingdom, but thought of it as a half-day park. They have helped me to really appreciate how great this park is and how I spend now I spend much more time there. They also provide great information about the animals and conservation, sell t-shirts and support conservation effort. When this comes up in my podcast app, it's the first show I listen to. Thank you very much, guys. Um iTunes rate review. It really does help. It's hard to believe looking at this that we have been copyrighted on iTunes since 2013 doesn't feel like it's been six years that we've been doing this but i guess we have uh so mike yes dave the lion king's history in the parks um there's some new stuff happening with lion king things okay we'll talk a little bit about that i'm sure we will um i'm not gonna get into and i thought about trying to do this to some respect um i think when we when we talk about the animal kingdom um, I don't think anyone involved would argue the idea that the success of the animal of the of the Lion King film directly led to um, an all-in effort by Disney for the Lion King. Sure, it was right around that time the that Animal they, they Park, gave yeah. it the green light. Yeah, because this movie came out in June, I believe, of 1994. Right, huge hit, obviously, right off the bat. And they greenlit the project somewhere in 94, 90, early 95 area. Yep. Uh, and, you know, it was built by um, April two, 1998. And it was, you know, there's a lot of stories about the development of the of the park and at this stage. and, and But, you know, for all the blame we give Eisner for the things he's done, he's all, he was also very forward thinking, especially at this time. Um, the late 80s and the mid 90s was really his sort of... He struggled towards the end, but this, was his, go- this end. was his golden era. Yep, this was his golden era, uh, and he certainly had a great, uh, you know, took a great idea here and went all in on it. Well, not only did and he the bring anim- us Hollywood and the Lion Studios King really the, did it. Yeah, not know. only did he bring us Hollywood Studios and the Animal Kingdom, but the hotels that he... He transformed Disney World into what it is today. Yeah. And really. He, and he was not a... Um, he was not... He, he did not try to confine his creative people, which is what um, Eisner, Iger does. Sure. Iger tries to box in his creative, when it comes to parks, and now it seems like with movies too. Um, they, you know, in the late 80s, early 90s, we were making, uh, like Mike was saying, we were making theme parks with a lot of, um, you know, not Disney related, directly related IPs. We were making uh, resorts that weren't directly Disney related IPs mm-hmm. and all this kind of stuff. And he was letting people be creative and he was creating what was there now, um, you know, and and really uh, outside of Walt, he is without doubt the man whose creative uh, mark is left the biggest mark on this company, uh, certainly in the parks. Um, and he's, you know, this time <laughs> in the early 90s, uh, you know, this film pushed him towards doing this. He could easily have done a Hakuna Matata park. He did not do that. He handed over the park to Joe Rohde and the other creative geniuses that he had, and he created this. So while there isn't really a um, 
while while the Lion King's involvement in the direct in, in the development of the Animal Kingdom might be tangential to some degree, mm. um, it is there. Yep, it's undeniably absolutely. there. Sure. Uh, so anyway, we set Mike to the task of telling us the other influences that the that the Lion King has had on not only the Animal Kingdom, right? No, not only the Animal Kingdom. In fact, we're going to start off with Disneyland. Oh, I miss Disneyland. There was a parade called the Lion King Celebration that ran at Disneyland in California from June 194 to June 197. The parade's design was centered around the story of Simba, as it was a tale passed down in Africa for generations. What was it called? The Lion King Celebration. All right. There were six floats. Uh, These floats had strong roots, as they say, in traditional African artwork. How does that sound familiar to you? Right. It featured vibrant colors, sound familiar, traditional designs, and dance routines based on traditional African songs. Wow. Parade Did Rhodey make this? What was that? Did Rhodey make this? or is this Not that I'm aware of. Because it really does have a It was puppeteers, a... acrobatic pole dancers. I, I'm looking at a YouTube video as we speak. That's, that's <laughs> puppeteers, acrobatic pole dancers. And it was actually the yeah, first use of audio animatronics in a parade. As well as the first use of puppetronics, that were uh, that uh, technique is used to feature large, lifelike animal puppets featured on floats, such as you see in the Festival yeah. of the Lion King. Yes, a lot and, of this and sounds like Festival of the Lion yes, King. Yes, and the giraffe that's in the Festival of the Lion King definitely looks like it's there. There's a great little sort of, uh, you know, obviously puppeted couple of rhinos that looked sure they have rhinos, kind of gazelle dancers, wildebeest dancers, yeah, yeah kind of singing. There's there's dancing there's this 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 might be something like this might not be such a bad idea for the future parade here at the, <laughs> the animal kingdom i can't believe i didn't remember this because that's even the that even looks like the elephant that's on the float are these the same floats i'm unaware if they're the same floats to be honest i have well, did not boy, see that mike they look a lot like them. they are very similar they're clearly the 98 festival of the lion king which we'll talk about in a moment um, was influenced by this parade. Oh my God! Yes, heavily, heavily influenced. Even the dancing, the costumes that they're wearing, and the um, uh, you know that that the dancers are wearing. Or I mean, this just looks like it. Mm-hmm. This is this is really where that began. I don't know if you remember this. So movie. this is not going to happen at the Animal Kingdom. No, because this is too much. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's basically the Festival Lion yeah, King yeah, on parade. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't want that. The second thing that uh, happened at Disney. Uh, with Lion King happened about a month later. This is Disneyland still? Nope. We're moving to the Magic Kingdom. I don't know if you remember this, Dave, but Legend of the Lion King was a puppet show that currently occupies, you know what building? Come on, Dave. Uh, Come on. You could get it. The Magic Kingdom. Come back to me. It was at, I'm going to give it to you, Mickey's Filler Magic, yep. where that is now, yep. was Legend of the yep. Lion King. It, it, uh, pre- before that was Mickey Mouse Review and no, Magic Journey. That's exactly there. where it was. Yep. But the Legend of the Lion King was something that Dave doesn't really like, and that is a basic retelling of the <laughs> yeah. story of the film. <laughs> Except here they used life-sized puppets. So what Mike's referring to is I don't like when attractions are sort of just a 15-minute Reader's Digest version of a story. For instance, 
um, trying to shoehorn all of Finding Nemo into the ride, uh, the story into the ride at um, Epcot? At Epcot. Or the Little Mermaid trying to shoehorn all of that into sort well, of 12 minutes. Well, I mean, minutes. they do, 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 do just, some differences. Like the, I the like big, when they just... The big room with all the singing and stuff is yeah, different. It, there's differences, but they're trying... They're just using the story and trying to show... I, I, I kind of find that a little lazy sometimes. I like when they build on a theme a little bit like Mr. Toad. You know, it's, sure. it's not a retelling of the movie. It's just sort of building on that theme. Well, the, the obvious... Film. Obvious response to that is festival liking which we'll talk about in a minute exactly that is exactly not a retelling of the story it's using the story using the film as a theme to do something different but i do remember this um this one in disney and i did go see it a couple of times sure i saw it and the show featured what wasn't bad no it wasn't bad no the show featured what disney described as quote disney human animals whatever that means (laughs) which were larger than life figures that looked just like their animated film counterparts. They actually didn't look just like them, but they were good puppets. The Mufasa, for example, human animal, measured seven feet long from yeah. tail to tip, six feet tall, and was perched on an 18-foot-tall pride rock right. that rose from <laughs> below the stage. The stage was uh, for the show was 120 feet wide and was bigger than the seating area in order to permit the use of these giant seats and puppets. How long did it run again, Mike? It closed on February 23, 2002. So yeah, about yeah. seven and a half years. Yeah. That was there for a good long time. I feel it like was. Mickey's Philhar Magic is older than that. That's what's so weird, but okay. Sure. Well, Mickey's yeah. Magic probably opened in 2003. I don't yeah, know the answer yeah, to that. Right, right after that. Yep. The third thing, Dave, okay. is, of course, the um, original Festival of the Lion King, which opened in Camp Mini, Mickey, uh, and that closed in 2014 and moved to Africa, where it is today in 2014. Right. It is obviously still operating. It's certainly the longest-running Lion King. Uh, it ain't going anywhere either. Attraction, I guess, for lack of a better yeah, term. Yeah, it ain't going anywhere. Uh, it is not going anywhere. And uh, we, we've all know what Festival of Lion King is. It's a live stage show, musical performance. Musical review of the yeah, show. They do acrobats. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's like the uh, ball- almost ballet-like performance by the two birds um the tumble monkeys tumble monkey like the acrobat it's right and they sing the songs and the, and the performers are fantastic all of them from the beginning to end um best version of scar song is in that show absolutely mm-hmm. absolutely and of course the the costumes are fantastic terrific all the yep. cast members who sort of mill around and interact <laughs> with, the, with the kids and stuff mill like around. that are all fantastic costumes yeah um and anyway, so that is Festival of Lion King. I don't know if you want to add anything to Festival of Lion King. Um, no, I, I I don't think I'd add anything to it. I just think that uh, you know it is the it, it was an opener. You know, it, it's a, it, it was um, you know an, an early an early attraction at the Animal Kingdom. It mm-hmm. was a great footprint for the Lion King. Uh, you know, it's I think a lot of people would have expected. Um, maybe a Lion King dark ride or something like that uh, at the Animal Kingdom when it opened, but we got this instead, and um, it delivered. I mean, it, you know, it, it's uh, it's a timeless show, and it's okay. again, it's been running for over twenty years now, right? And um, correct, yep, correct. A- and it's it it doesn't seem to be going anywhere. All, the only place it's going is to a bigger and better theater, 
you know right <laughs> so it's it's a it's a great show it seems like no great matter theater. who they get in to cast for it, it they 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 the show can hold up anyone the they, singers they, I mean, they the do so well acrobats yeah top notch i mean it's amazing and they continue to get this this cast to do this show and and be equally as my my four year old kid could see this three times a day. Yeah, sure, and be my happy kids, when they were that young. Even now, would, uh-huh. would see it. Uh, and constantly. I wouldn't mind going there with them that many times. I mean, it's just it's a great show, and I'm not, and, and 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 I do not like these kind of things. <laughs> my kids actually got to be the. I'm not a stage show kind at the, of guy. At the beginning, when they do the. Um, you know, they bring somebody out from the each section to yeah, make the yeah, sound. Yeah, yeah, they were the, yep. My kids were the elephants, uh, I believe. Yeah? But anyway. I wasn't there for that. Dave, there is also something called Rhythms of the Pride Lands. Uh-huh. Which is currently in Disneyland Paris. Is that true? It opened on June 30th of this year and will be closing on September 22, 2019. I don't understand its location, which is Frontierland. How does that have anything to do with with Africa? Uh, I mean, Adventureland, sure. But Frontierland. Anyway, Disney describes the show as a tribe of singers, dancers, and acrobats dressed as Rafiki, Simba, Timon, Pumbaa, Nala, Mufasa, and Scar brilliantly bring famous pride rock ad- anthems to life. It's obviously just a music show. Yeah. I mean, I, I have not seen this, but I know it exists. <laughs> But I haven't. I haven't seen it. I also, haven't, I haven't seen video of it. Opening recently and closing soon. It's right. Only a brief uh, run, June seven of this year till September second, is Tale of the Lion King at Disney's California Adventure. Again, I'm not sure what it has to do with California, but that's neither here nor there. The Tale of the Lion oh, King, California Adventure, sort of catch-all type of thing. And nowadays, it uh, you know this you might actually <laughs> like a little bit more. Okay, because it features a narrator. Which I'm not going to try to pronounce. It looks like Mongazo, which is Swahili for guide, who leads a troop of 18 performers called the Storytellers of the Pride Lands. I do like it. Their performance is present is presented in a contemporary story story theater style that retells the plot of the film through language, song, and dance. I like it. Now let's go to. It's some amazing of the, how many of these I haven't seen. Well, those two are very recent, and they're. They're there for the anniversary, which there are many things at Disney's Animal Kingdom that well, are the, opening the, for the, the anniversary. Well, the one thing at um, at Disneyland Paris, I know, is kind of has a little bit more of a stage show of the of the Broadway show kind of look to the to the um, if I'm not mistaken to the costumes rather than the the kind of look that they have at the Festival Lion King, kind right? Of, you know. Festival Lion King isn't very isn't doesn't really look a lot like the Broadway show. No, not if you look Bro- at the Broadway show. If right. you see the Broadway show no, characters are, or or costumes are very different. From right. That. So this one in in Paris is a little more like the Broadway show. Okay. Now there are a lot of little things at Disney's Animal Kingdom that bring about the uh, Lion King. First of all, now, we're talking currently. Well, let's. Uh, oh, oh, are we have we gone through all the history? We've gone through the major attractions. Attractions, okay, because there are other things that you there are other hit things in the that past. we're going to talk okay. about. First of all, let's okay. talk about what they're doing this year. Okay, that is you know various cupcakes. Oh well, come on, they are doing a. Um, There's some sort of like 
Drinks. There's some sort of like game that. going on, right? Some sort of yeah. There's a scavenger hunt. Scavenger hunt. That's where what you I'm get the for. thing for yep. Lion King. Yep. There's a photo op with uh, a, basically a cardboard cutout of Lion King characters. If you want to take a picture next to it, I don't know why you would. But Which that's Lion King one. characters? The actual ones or the new the cartoon fake ones? ones? Cartoon okay. ones. Most of the stuff is the cartoon because it's the 25th anniversary of the of the animated feature. Um, there is also a new dance show. Hakuna Matata on Discovery Island where Viva Guy used to play. I can only hope yep. Viva Guy is coming yep. back when this summer of Lion King is over. Right. Um, so they do a whole dance party with uh, Timon and I believe Rafiki. And they sing those songs. Yeah, and they yeah. and they sing the Lion King song. So uh-huh. there's that Lion King thing. Um, I think I covered basically everything with the that's Lion current. King that's current. Yeah, this is this is well what, just for the summer. Let me put it that this way. This is There's what Disney current. does. They, they 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 throw one of these things up, one of these marketing ploys for the summer. Mm-hmm. You know, I shouldn't say ploy because that makes it sound <laughs> nefarious. It's not that they do their their marketing strategy for the summer, uh, and um, you know it usually means that there is some sort of musical performance. And then cupcakes and maybe a pin right. or uh, merchandise or something. It's not much to it, uh, but there is a little something. Um, and this year, it's this dance party thing. There's also I was hoping uh, for a little more. There's one thing for the for the summer that I forgot to mention. Uh-huh. Let me mention that. And that is the the Lion King dining at Jico. Right over at the Animal Kingdom Lodge, and this That's is terrible. One of the things that <laughs> it's a price fix menu, so they've ruined the menu. It was a fantastic menu, so they've ruined it. So now you have to you're forced to order one of a couple of things, and they have performers. <laughs> you've you've Disney, you have uh, cross <laughs> touch the third Don't rail. Screw Gico. Third rail with Mike here. Don't this was not Gico. a good idea. Jico and I, leave alone, please. <laughs> Uh, the music from the movie will be played by performers. The performers are just fine. I mean, I've seen clips of of them walking around Jico. They're fine, but it sort of ruins the ambiance of Jico as a nice African restaurant. Get a nice glass of wine. Get a braised short rib. Delicious. And now we're stuck with this price fix and these guys walking around singing. But anyway, <laughs> let's go to some of the other things that you see around the parks currently um, that are more permanent in nature. First of all, I guess this probably should have been included in attractions, but I didn't, but I'll talk about it now. And that is um, Rafiki's Planet Watch is a well, yeah. Lion King attraction. And we, and we really should have put that in there with the uh, Festival of Lion King as far as you know early attractions. Again, for sure. It shows, and we talked about this a little bit at the beginning, the Lion King was heavily influential in the beginning of the park. And as you said, if the Lion King was not a huge hit, maybe they never even built Animal Kingdom. Yeah, I'm not, it's possible. I don't know that they do. I mean, it was a huge hit in 94. It's one of the biggest movies they ever had and it, at the time. And it ushered in sort of a reawakening of Africa's nature. You know, of the wildlife of Africa. I mean, it, it sure. You know, kids became interested again in um, you know not not pixelated cartoons and stuff, they became interested again in animals, and, and that's and one this of the was things. A, this was a real important. You know, we've mentioned that the Lion King has had and and Disney's um, you know the Lion King itself has had its bad conservation um, themes in the film. 
We've talked about that in what, the past. The hyenas? Yep, hyenas okay. being the the biggest uh, culprit of that. Um, but there's no denying that it that it brought an awareness with the kids of um, you know right at the beginning, really at the sure. start of uh, what would soon become a you know a crisis with uh, poaching and things like that that uh, blew up. I think you'd have to say right, I would like think in the late nineties and the early two thousands. A mean, lot that, of kids that were born in the late 80s you know 80s you know that in maybe even early 90s probably not so much as the 94 release so uh, but sort of that 80s generation kids born at that time um this was an influential movie it was a huge movie yeah and i think disney grasped that yep and exploited is not the right word but expanded on it by building the animal kingdom and there's a lot of little nuggets to the lion king throughout the park Uh um especially in harambe Right. <laughs> um, we will talk about that in a little bit more in depth. But they, um, I think you're 100% right that the Lion, without the Lion King, you might not have an animal kingdom. Yeah, I, I question that. If that, that I don't movie know if bombed, sure, let's but say, I, yep. yeah, I you know. might not have the animal kingdom. Because it was the anchor by which um, Disney could, 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 you know, <laughs> set this whole thing. It was the, it was the, the the you know the flag in the sand so to speak it was the it was the the the, the, the cornerstone you know no matter what happened no matter what direction we wanted to go in we knew we could sprinkle in the lion king and in 1998 that was like sprinkling in star wars in 1980 it was gold absolute gold i was 100% right and the lion king um, of of all the early, of all the original disney the first few Disney animated films that came back in the um, golden age, so to speak, of animate Disney animated features, um, and I may have my uh, timing not completely right, but to me, at least in my mind, it always seemed it, it's it seemed to be the one that was the first one to really cross over to boys and girls no perfectly i mean it was you know there was aladdin aladdin would be the first but one. beauty and the beast certainly not the little mermaid certainly not well those are more geared towards the, girls for sure but they were huge hits though i even, mean the, even aladdin mike was sort of a barbie and ken thing there I disagree. I think the aladdin lion was the king first was one, the though. first one to me and maybe one of the few that they ever made that really was non-girl <laughs> or boy related. It it crossed crossed every market. Well, most of the Pixar ones are. Um, I don't know that I would say most of them are. But, sure, Toy but, Story, but, but I, I, Incredibles. I, I'm I'm meaning um in the, the I'm meaning the hand drawn uh, okay animated features you know from the 90s and before. You know the golden age and then Walt's age. You know, right? So what you're 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 presupposing like Robin Hood was really for boys, the princess movies were really for girls. Exactly. There was a few, uh, some of the early ones like um, Pinocchio crossover, Lady and the Tramp. There were a few in the '90s. The big hits that came out: Beauty and the Beast, The Little Mermaid, huge hits. Aladdin, huge hit. The Lion King blew them all up. Do you have the the figures in front of you? I don't have the figures in oh, front right. of me, but I know that it did. Okay. <laughs> then after that came no, Pocahontas. Lion King was a f- then after that came huge Pocahontas, hit. and then we started to 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 ebb down with Hercules and Mulan, 
and 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 kind of playing off a and little. To be bit. honest, I kind of like Hercules and Milan. I like them both. They weren't and as, Tarzan was good but too. But the real cultural films, the real breakthrough films for Disney in the '90s, the Jeffrey Katzenberg films, sure, that sure, really blew those first handful were the right. huge hits, right? Little Mermaid, Beauty and the Beast, Aladdin, Lion King, and then they start to kind of. Lion King was the top of the bell. And what comes after Tarzan? Do you have a list there in, in order? Uh, yeah, uh, um, though I have the Pixar ones thrown in that's with fine. me. After tar- uh, uh, Fantasia 2000, that's not really... That was sort of uh, Emperor's New Groove. See, that's when it starts to... Sl- that's when I think it really starts to slide. Right, right. At that point in time. Right. After Lilo, Tarzan. Lilo and Stitch. Oh, Lilo and Stitch is good, though. It's that good. was a big hit. Treasure Planet. Um, yeah, that wasn't... You know, they're... they're, they're right. Brother Bear was not long not a after big that. Um but the Lion King, Lilo and Stitch, though had a lot of tread on the. I mean, they, they hit. That did well, but uh, yes, Lion King was absolutely huge and fundamentally part of um, the construction of the park. Just like Rafiki's Planet Watch is so important right. to the conservation message. They built it around Rafiki, right, and his kind of role in that movie, and um, kind of plays into that conservation mode for sure. Um, the whole movie was about conservation, really. About family and conservation, really. Um, but there are other little tidbits throughout the park. For example, um, what is the name of the truck you ride on Kilimanjaro Safaris? Exactly. Symbol one. Symbol one. <laughs> it's not really a Lion King attraction, but there's a little nod to the Lion King in in that. Um, also, when, the, when Gorilla Falls first opened, the... Um, exhibit you now see with meerkats and grevy zebras behind them actually had meerkats and guess what behind them warthogs it was timon and pumbaa they put the warthogs there in the beginning at the very beginning it was they oh, were right wow. behind the meerkats wow they had warthogs there they also had them on, i think they might have had them on the ride as well but they had them back there too wow i don't so, i don't I, 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 I can't i can't picture that in my head but there are like little nods, uh, even when they built the Animal Kingdom Lodge. Um, there are nods to the animal to uh, Lion King. Many people have rooms where they have the 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 sunset scene uh, picture, basically, of the three, you know, uh, Simba, Pumbaa, and Timon walking with the big sun behind them. That's often a as a a mural, for lack of a better term, or a painting in your bed in your be- uh, bathroom. Um, there are other nods to the Lion King throughout. The Animal Kingdom Lodge like that in your home decor. Um, also, Mickey's Filler Magic, when that reopened, has a, and then we're moving a little bit away from the Animal Kingdom, obviously, but the Magic Kingdom, Mickey's Filler Magic has a Lion King sequence in it. Happily Ever After has a Lion King sequence in it. There's a lot of Lion King throughout the park. Tree of Life might have a Lion King sequence in it. The Rivers of Light now has a Lion King sequence in it. So even today, they're still using the Lion King to, uh, to sure are to uh, however you want to put it, spruce up the park with Lion King stuff. So you see it all over the Animal Kingdom itself, in Harambe. Um, you know you have the the Simba symbol. You have Simba One is the is the truck. You know you have um, animals that you see throughout the movie in um, the the park itself. They brought in hyenas, for example, recently. Um, you know, sort of a Lion King important animal. I know you 
criticize the Lion King for its portrayal of hyenas, and I don't disagree with you at all. Oh, I def, I yeah, absolutely criticize him for the portrayal of Lion King. But I, I was referring to that before in that I wasn't the only one. I mean, right. I, you know, that was it, within the conservation community. Uh, that was uh, definitely a, mis- a big criticism. A, a, a yeah, big criticism, not- a big misstep on Disney's part. And I, I assume from what you had mentioned about the movie last week, although I didn't ask you this, the they same. didn't correct that. They did not correct that right. at all. Not at all. And what we're talking about, folks, is that Disney portrays hyenas as, as evil, evil um, scavenging murderers. Murderers, essentially. Yeah, that, that uh, yeah, yeah. Nasty, vile creatures. And for no other reason, I guess, than that was the stereotype at the time. I, I don't, it, it is yeah. a stereotype, yeah. and a lot of that comes from, oddly enough, uh, safaris. Right. <laughs> so safaris, uh, you know, real life safaris in South Africa or whatnot, um, they don't go out at night for the most part. They're a daytime thing. What often happens in Africa and the savannah is hyenas will take down prey at the middle of the night. That prey is then stolen from them by a pride of lions because lions are bigger and tougher. Right. So when the safaris come in the early days, before we really did any big studies of hyenas and stuff, and people were just out there seeing animals, what they would see would be a pack of a pride of lions eating a gazelle, and all these hyenas hovering around, waiting to to get their fill. When in actuality, many of the times it was the hyenas that actually caught it, and the lions were the stealers. That's right. Um, so there was there was always a, a stereotype of hyenas being just the scavengers. Um, you know, they have that kind of crazy laugh kind of call. Yeah. Ask a cheetah if lions are nice. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. You know? Um, but, so there was a stereotype of hyenas um, for a long time. Okay. And and to, to be fair to, to Disney's credit, they were telling for lack of a, a better story. term. They were telling a story. I mean, I- no, no, not just that, but the, the fact that they brought hyenas into the park itself on the ride, yeah. it may help a little bit. They have more work to do on correcting that. Sure. Sure, but it's step one, I guess. Yeah, but it's been 20 years since we got to step one. <laughs> it was 20 years since we got to step one. <laughs> um, anyway, so that is... Th- those are part of the, the... I don't know if you could think of anything else. Uh, the, but I think I covered did, all did, did, did the references. Did we mention the, to, the, the After Hours show? One thing I did not forget, uh, that I did forget... Harambe Nights. Yes, that's what When they did Harambe Nights, I did have on my list, and for some reason I skipped over it. I don't know why. It was dumb on me. But anyway, Harambe Light and Nights was a show that they did, I guess, was that for the 20th anniversary of The Lion King? Yes. So five years ago. Right. Uh, they did it only during the summer. God, it seems like it was last year. But it was a evening after hours hard ticket event. Um, that had like a musical orchestral... Correct. Show along with food and right, and they had yeah. the, they played the festival of Lion King there. Right, you can go see that. You you get a ticket for that, then you get all this food and or, no, there was a, 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 a an original show right. that came. It wasn't the festival of Lion King. Oh, that's right. You're right. It was I, its I own apologize. sort of correct. sort of almost like a choral show, to it, but yes, yeah, without the dancing and stuff. And 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 I think they may have had pictures like um, a movie screen going. movie screen going of the original film yeah so it was a different uh, different thing they only did it for one summer we I think at the time we thought you know they might be doling this out every one you know every summer or so right, as right. A, which as they a did not do event, right. they did not do it and other things you could do is you could meet uh, Timon and Pumbaa were, no, Timon and Rafiki were walking around doing you know autographs yeah anybody kind of I knew who went to it loved it that's true they liked I, they really liked it. the music part everybody loved yeah. it it was a different it was a de- very different type of event 
Um, most of the hard ticket events now are just, you know, you get to go in the park with less people for four hours. Or, or it's some sort of Halloween or, you know, some sort of holiday party. But, um, yeah, Harambe Nights is another one that has come and gone, but another homage, as they say, to the Lion King. So, have we covered everything? I think so. All right. So, before we go, we were talking about the Lion King's importance. I just wanted to um, to mention one thing here. I'm looking at the uh, adjusted for ticket price inflation, the mm-hmm. highest grossing films of all time. If you adjust it for ticket price inflation. So, is that the one where number one is Gone with the Wind? Yes. Okay. Then number two is Star Wars, Sound of Music, E.T., Titanic, and, then we, and, and down we go. Um, the first animated film to come on there is number 10, Snow White. Um, then the Star Wars The Force Awakens is at number 11. Uh, 101 Dalmatians is at number 12. That's strange to me. Yeah, it, that, that is no, one of the biggest ones. Huge hit, Mike. I guess. Huge hit in the 1960s. I don't think we remember how big a hit it was. I but know, it was I a mean, huge, well, I wasn't born in the 1960s. huge hit. <laughs> um, Empire Strikes Back at number 13. Uh, number 20, the first... Uh, modern Disney film is The Lion King. So tell me what are the couple before it and couple after it. Uh, right before Lion King. Is that say... Phantom Menace. Okay. Right, and right before Phantom Menace is Jurassic Park. Oh, okay. So, well, what about it right after it? What's for So we have... So here, I'll do it this way. Number 15 is Avatar. 16 Eef. is Avengers Endgame. So okay. you're seeing the level of... Of <laughs> right of ability Movie. here, right, right, right. right? Uh, Return of the Jedi seventeen, Jurassic Park eighteen, wow. Phantom Menace nineteen. We we don't like Phantom Menace, but everyone went to see it. Oh yeah, it was the everyone first Star Wars film in decades. I mean, so, yeah. lining up for hours sure. beforehand. Sure, and then The Lion King. And what's right after? Um, uh, the Sting, and then Raiders of the Lost Ark. Oh wow, The Graduate. And then at 24, you get another Disney, old Disney film in Fantasia, which was a huge hit. Really? Fantasia yep. was that big of a hit? Yep. Then we have uh, at 20, I'm just going down the rest of them, 28, Mary Poppins. Okay, that I get. Uh, 34, The Jungle Book. Really? Yep. 35, Sleeping Beauty. Sleeping uh, Beauty's bigger than Cinderella? That's when what it Dust says. Fork, Pinocchio uh, at 45. I could see that if Snow White's that high. Uh, I mean, Snow White was a Incredibles. huge hit at the time. I, I didn't do the Pixar ones, so I, I don't want to. I'm just fine. doing because we weren't really talking about that. Um, Bambi at 55. Yeah, I noticed. I mean, none I'm of not the... getting to another 90s Disney film. I didn't. I could see s- until Beauty and the Beast at 77. There, there you go. So it's like 55 spots. Lion King is the 20th biggest adjusted for inflation. The next of that era, that Renaissance era of Michael Eisner, the biggest is Beauty and the Beast at 77. The by big- far the biggest. By far close. the biggest. By far the biggest. Yeah, it's not even close. Yep. Uh, and I, the first Pixar film that I'm seeing is, oh geez, we're going kind of down the list here. Uh, Toy Story. Uh, how do I find what is Pixar listed under? <laughs> well, I thought you just passed one. I thought I saw did Incredibles I? on your list there. The Incredible, uh, did, Incredibles okay. two. All right, yeah. Was like a, you know a few few more down. I'm pretty sure Toy Story like three or something was uh, was actually the the big huge. Here's Incredibles two is at forty nine. Yeah. Uh, That's all right. Yeah, no, I don't. I don't see where the. But it's amazing how big Lion King was. Essentially, Snow White it's was amazing. the only one adjusted for inflation that was bigger. Uh, and 101 Dalmatians. Oh, that's right. You said 101 Toy Dalmatians. Toy Story 3 is at a hundred number 100. Monsters, Inc. at number 
Think of how big Monsters, Inc. is for you people. It's 112. Think of how big Frozen is to all of you people. It's 113. Toy Story 2, 121. And Lion King is 20. Lion King is number 20. <laughs> right behind Jurassic Park. The first, the <laughs> biggest, by far, far and away, the biggest non-Walt-related Disney film of all time is The Lion King. Yeah, That's huge. how big it is. Huge. So it was definitely what, the movie that was going to help build a theme park. <laughs> one of the things, yeah, one of the things we didn't talk about at the last episode when I reviewed The Lion King for you is one of the th- good things about this. And I t- touched a little bit about how they really stuck to the conservation theme. So maybe you have another group of kids watching this movie for the first time that maybe not even seeing the Lion King cartoon, and that you know makes them conservationists, so to speak. Or, or care more about animals. So, I mean, there's a benefit to that. And I think a lot of people who, you know, who would think to bring their child to see this film are going to say, hey, watch the original one. <laughs> you know, Toy Story sure. Toy Story's number 150, by the way. Um, <laughs> just, just so you know. <laughs> what do you think the biggest Pixar film was? I guess it was The Incredibles. Adjusted for inflation. According to this, yeah. You're saying for adjusted for That's inflation. That's what it says. Uh, was it Incredibles or Incredibles 2? Incredibles 2, I guess. <laughs> Which I actually liked. I mean, we're going down a rabbit hole here, but I actually yeah, liked that I better know. than the original uh, Incredibles. Really? To be honest. Yes, I did. Well, the original really? Incredibles, there was, a, there was a long dry spell from when the beginning, when they couldn't oh, be no, I'm wrong. superheroes anymore. Finding Nemo's number 60. Oh, okay. That, was, that, that makes sense. Uh, Incredibles 2 is bigger than that, but Finding Nemo is... It, number The second one? Is the second one, yeah. But the Incredibles, there's that dry spell where he's like the insurance salesman. Yeah, stuff. I, know, I know. It's I know, a little slow for kids. I, I, I mean, know, I watched I it when my kids were little and they were yeah. kind of bored yeah, with I it. I loved it. I thought The Incredibles 2. <laughs> best Fantastic Four film made so It is far. definitely the best Fantastic Four film. <laughs> so are we done? We are done. All right. Uh, don't forget to, uh, as mentioned before, rate, review us. Uh, if you have any questions or any comments um, you want to send directly to me, if you've got something you want me to read on the air and I feel it uh, appropriate to do so you can email it at jumbo everyone at gmail.com find us on facebook instagram we are at disney's animal kingdom i'm still loading up tons of photos that i have from over the years at the animal kingdom and i'm going to bring my camera down this next trip which i'm not going to get until november mike november when are you going in november uh early no no, not um, mid. I'd call it mid. Okay, like right before Thanksgiving. I think we'll be in the area. Interesting. Um, so we'll be there for a few days. Um, and uh, bring my camera down, my big camera down for that because I need to take some pictures of some of the animal, newer animals that I haven't gotten in a while. Uh, and, but we can't. We won't be staying at the Animal Kingdom Lodge though. That stinks. Uh, anyway, <laughs> are you staying off property? No, stay at the Polynesian. Oh, no, that's not bad. Yeah, it was just a crapshoot. I, I got that on my wait list for the Vacation Club. Uh, yes, folks, if you have any Vacation Club questions you want to ask, feel free to do so. JohnboEveryone at gmail.com. Uh, you can find us on Twitter. Mike's at JohnboEveryone. He spends most of his life there. He's kind of <laughs> kind of like the president in that way. Uh, sp- gets, yeah, right. uh, gets up at uh, 5.30 in the morning and my, starts My tweeting. tweets are not nearly as offensive. No, well, that may be true, <laughs> but you're still as, uh, as uh, v- voluminous. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, and uh, 
I am at uh, Radio Harambe. I'm not there very often. So uh, if you got something you need me uh, for Twitter, make sure you put Mike's name involved in it as well, and he'll let me know that <laughs> you were looking for me. Uh, for Safari Mike, I'm Dave McBride. Quaharini, go well, and thank you for listening to Radio Harambe. I'd